Welcome to the Mike on Much podcast. I'm your host, Mike Veerman. Uh, I am not in the room, but in the room in Toronto is my friend and our trusted producer, Max Kerman. We also have our pop culture aficionado, Shane Cunningham. And working the dials is intern Erica. Guys, this is a very unique episode uh, because we're not in the same country. I don't think I've ever done a call-in uh, before where all of you guys are in the room and I'm not. Uh, and I feel like the, the, the group's been doing a lot of traveling. Max, you've been hopping around with Kyle Dubas of the Toronto Maple Leafs. We're going to talk about that. Shane, you were in Detroit uh, with your wife. You went down to a Raptors game. We're going to talk about that. And uh, the reason I'm not in the room is because I'm in uh, Mexico. I'm on a vacation with my family, but there's never a vacation from the podcast. And that's why we're doing this on a Thursday. It's NBA trade deadline day. I'm jacked. I'm on vacation. I'm loving it. How's everybody feeling in the room? Pretty good. A little tired. My, uh, my private charter plane got in pretty late last night, so I didn't get a ton of sleep. Yeah, I had a, I had a late one, too. I've been hanging with uh, Jared Diggs a lot lately, and... Uh, it's uh, it's hard not to have a late night with him. It's like, dude, just one beer, and then he will take me on like a weird adventure. And we're we went to an abandoned mansion. <laughs> so uh, is this part of his surprise thing that he's working on? I guess we can't no, talk about it. No, his surprise thing is different, right. and I'm like a part of it, like like to a huge extent now. So it's like <laughs> now there's a lot of pressure on me. Uh, but yeah, there's a live show going on in uh, maybe April, but it's going to be pretty interesting. Okay. Yeah, he, I went out for lunch with him. And then I, had, I was late for my uh, haircut. And so, but he wouldn't stop talking and he wouldn't eat his lunch. So I was like, I have to go to this haircut. And now I'm so late that you have to drive me. So I'm going to go to the bathroom. You start eating your food. When I'm back from the bathroom, I'm calling, you're going to drive me to, to my. Yeah. And then he ended up coming to my haircut and just sitting. There's a bar at the this place, Henry's in uh, Hamilton. And so he just ended up having a beer at the bar, talking to the guy who owns the, the barber shop while I got a haircut. And then he drove me home. So it was pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he's. he's- always late to pick me up when he does pick me yeah. up and then he's always late to take me home so i kind of got mad at him we had like a, a mini like passive aggressive fight for like the first time oh wow, wow. because my phone died and he left me out in the cold for half an hour waiting for him to pick me up <laughs> oh no and i was like uh i just walked to anchor bar because i didn't know what to do and i just started eating wings and then <laughs> I, I i luckily found a friend of his and i go text jared tell him i'm at anchor bar oh. and then he came in a little upset and I was like, Jerry, you can't leave someone waiting out in the cold for half an hour. I told you my phone was dying. You had to be there at 645. <laughs> so, dude, I tried to do something nice for you. I'm like, what's nice? He's like, I pick you up. I'm like, I don't care if you pick me up. I can walk to the venue. Anyway, it was a big fight for us. And uh, I'd just like to apologize right now to him for, <laughs> for yelling. yelling at him. Um, but anyway, Bong Mansion is very cool. If, if anyone knows what that is. I, I went there and... Uh, it's like an, a, a big abandoned, uh, I guess a mansion, people know it's uh, mm. it's big, but it's abandoned. And this multimillionaire, he made $250 million uh, in two days, this guy, because he, he started the Green Rush, they call it, in yeah. Canada, which he, he made the first weed company open for the stock oh, market. Okay, yeah. Two days, made $250 million, and then he bought this mansion but uh, to tear it down. But for eight months, it was just standing up so he gave it to all these like skateboard kids yeah. and they made a documentary on it vice did a thing on it okay oh, and it's all spray painted and where is it at it's in burlington oh wow it's, apparently it's very popular like there's been a million content creators doing stuff there oh. and jared just picks me up he doesn't tell me where i'm going and i'm going to bong mansion there's all these weird skateboarders i'm kind of scared of these people mm. and then i go to the basement there's this huge party 
It's run by this guy, Ben Rispin. He said, oh, he, know, know, ben. Yeah. said he knows you. Yeah, we've toured together. And, like, monster trucks there, and there's all these, like, DJs, <laughs> and there's, like, joints everywhere. Like, every single table is filled with joints, and there's, like, cookies everywhere. And, oh, wow. And, and I start smoking the joints. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, I know. This is on a Wednesday night? This was on a this was on a Tuesday night. Wednesday wow. night I hung out with JR again. And again he took me to like another like abandoned location. <laughs> Anyways, it's been a it's been a long couple days. And what I'm was Alex making this? Like JR again, can I? Yeah, well, she's kind of learning to enjoy time on her own. Like I've mm. told her to because uh, anyway, I've been getting into personality types and mm. because a pod fan messaged me about like uh, enagrams. Like you maybe you've seen it on her Instagram. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. So I was looking at all personality types and I was figuring out Alex Alex's personality type and she's a person who can't be alone. Mm. So we're working on that. So she's kind of enjo- learning to enjoy oh, wow, you, to be alone. Another diagnosis from Shane. Well, you're a 3. <laughs> Max is a 2, I'm a 4 and 4s really like to self-diagnose themselves and figure oh, themselves out. It's yeah. in the wow. thing. Yeah. Wait, I'm a 3? You're a 3. I'm intrigued. Max is a 2. What does that Mike's mean? Mike's a 9. Well, we can get into it <laughs> later, I guess. Okay, let's get into it later. But sorry. I'm a, I'm a 9. You're a nine, Mike. Nine's not necessarily the best, but it's a pretty good one. <laughs> is there a good or a bad? It's funny that you say nine because nine's actually my favorite number. Oh. And I won a bunch of money at the casino here at the resort betting red nine on roulette. Mm. So nine comes up again. I've got to look up this personality type, though. Define a bunch of money. Uh, oh, like a hundred bucks. It's pretty good. Pretty good. You'll go a long way in Mexico, too. It was an exciting, it was an exciting win with all the guys. Oh, and you guys FaceTime me really late at night. Too. That's why I'm a little bit uh, tired. You guys went out last night. I thought I thought you guys were babysitting, and the and the and the uh, wives. This were, was two nights ago. Uh, two nights ago. Okay. Um. But Max, you were on a private jet. Mm, yes. Yeah, I had a crazy couple of days. Uh, Walk us through that. Yeah. So basically, um, I don't know if I mentioned this on previous pods. I, I got a text from Kyle Dubis about uh, three weeks ago saying, "Are you are you free in this window of time?" And I said, "Yes," because because the band wasn't on tour or anything and he said okay we're having this mentors trip and i was going to invite my grandma who's the number one influence in my life but she's not quite up for the travel because we're going to new york with the team so would you like to come and i was like kind of confused what he was talking about because it was like am am i your mentor are you my mentor do i have to give a talk like what what do you want from me basically and they said no no, just come hang out with the team and you know all the players are going to bring somebody in their life who was important to them and the staff the people that work closest with the team get this opportunity as well so i was like this sounds amazing yeah monday morning we all get together at Scotiabank arena there was the breakfast for everybody i was very nervous actually it felt like the first day of college or something where there's just like a bunch of people you don't know you know, I kind of sit next to somebody else who's sitting by themselves. Like, you know, it's like you're like yeah. at lunch at the first day or whatever. It's the first day of school. And um, they have a welcome breakfast. They uh, kind of wel- welcome everybody. Brennan Shanahan comes down and he gives this really kind of nice speech about like what a mentor is. And he he references like the Odyssey or some other like book that references rep- mentors. We watch the morning skate, um, which is cool. Oh, we, we sit in on a team meeting. Uh, we're basically in the locker room. Everybody's just like sitting on the bench and on the floor and Sheldon Keith kind of goes over the game plan for the game. And, um, and then we come back to the rink that night at Scotiabank Arena and we watch. It was a disappointing outcome. They, they had the lead and they ended up losing. But uh, it was uh, very cool to be like meeting people who had played a very big part in all these players' lives. So like the goalie coach, for instance, he's from Winnipeg and he invited the kid on his street when he was like, you know, 10, 
who was a little bit older and would just practice taking shots on him because he was a young goalie at one point. Cool. Yeah, so this guy is now a correctional officer in Manitoba, but he's kept in touch with you know the younger kid down the block, and that younger kid down the block is now the goalie coach for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Mm-hmm. And so that like that's the kind of person who was invited. There, you know, there was yeah, former nice. teammates like John Tavares. I talked to his mentor, who was one of his coaches growing up. Tyson Berry brought his grandpa, who's like one of the biggest uh, Leafs fans there is. So it was just interesting to like hear the different stories of all the people that were involved. Did anyone bring anyone cool? No, I was no. by far the coolest. Wow. Yeah. You're uh, the only celeb one. Well, yeah, yeah. It did, yeah, it did turn into um, a lot of picture taking. So it was like people wanted to get photos with the Leafs guys and and like the, you know the various venues we were in, but then there's also a lot of, a lot of pictures with old Max. Like big fan of Max? Uh, yeah, or just like they kind of recognized me as like, oh, the guy from the Arkells or whatever. Uh, but actually, um, one of the guys who I want to give a shout out to, his name is Reed Mitchell, and he has been with the Leafs for 20 years. Uh, he started as like the video guy, and he uh, is now kind of the director of scouting. And he's been like one of these guys that's like through every administration, every GM, every coach, like he's been there, but he has the most like infectious energy and he's really hilarious and he swears like a sailor. Like I, the first time I met him, I don't think it's out of school to say, he's like, Hey Max, good to meet you. Hi, let's fucking go around a fucking good time right now. But just it remind me of what Tom Power said about interviewing people is like, if you can swear it is because the environment's sort of formal because it's kind of a serious, like professional organization. But if you can swear in the right way and, and it really puts people at ease. So shout out to Reed because he was a big part of putting this whole thing together and he made everybody feel really, really good. He, he was incredible leadership so sounds like a seven i was out yeah <laughs> maybe we should do the personality types first just so we, <laughs> no no so we we'll know what the it. fuck you're talking about actually. <laughs> well alex is a seven so okay. it's that type okay. of like high energy smiley type yeah people. shane where do you where do you uh where do you find this test is there like a link or something like how do we read these personality types you just look up the enneagram test and then there's how do you this spell enneagram e n n gram <laughs> you know if you get it's google you get close to it and then there's like how many cl- tests close to s- sounding like anagram are there yeah and then there's this really good professor on youtube and he spends about 30 minutes on each type and if you actually feel like you are that type it feels like a roast because the guy knows you so well and everyone thinks they kind of have this unique personality especially fours so uh and it, it you really realize people are broken down into only nine types mm. Wow. Really fascinating. So now I'm analyzing everyone. So I got into every single one of our friends. Dan is the biggest eight in the world. Oh, wow. I messaged him about it. Now Dan's obsessed with it. And Dan's <laughs> like, oh, my God, I am an eight. And like, you really got into analyzing it. I'm a two? I thought you were a five. And then Dan convinced me you were a two. And I looked it up. And you are a two. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Continue. I don't mean no, to no, derail no, Max. Um I just wanted I want Max I wanted to ask you because yeah. uh, you flew private mm-hmm. and not a lot of people get to do that sort of experience. So walk us through what that is like. It's pretty cool. So um basically Tuesday morning we are uh, we go to the Ford practice facility. We, we watch them have a little skate around. By the way, Kyle warned me that was like there's food everywhere we go and it's true. I, I need to start our way off challenge again. I think I probably gained like 10 pounds in three days because literally there's just like a spread of food in every room we walked into. It's like at the uh, at uh, the Swiss Bank Arena in the players' locker room. Um, we get to the hotel. There's a spread of drinks and food. There's just like if you ever need a full buffet, you just turn around and you it's there just waiting for you. And it's all free. Do the players know not to eat that because they've been like fucked by it before? 
Um, no, I think they the, the belief is that the players are eating a lot because they're working out a lot. Like okay. I, I think they're just their calorie intake is. Is it not healthy stuff though? No, it's all a lot of healthy stuff. But there's, you can also get like there's also like an ice cream bar and stuff too. Mm. Yeah. Um, Wh- which item were you gravitating towards the most? Well, I, I tried to be good about it. Uh, like I was, you know, a lot of like chicken breast and kind of vegetables and stuff like that. But the, but there's like cookies everywhere, and I mm. love cookies. And when you see like a good looking free cookie, it's hard not to take it. <laughs> Do you like cookies? I just had the best cookie in my life the other day. I love Where? cookies. I'll bring, I'll bring some next time. Oh uh, no, this really fancy pastry place at Union Station. Oh, right beside the Pilot Coffee. Uh-oh. Have you ever had a Le Gourmand cookie? That's the best cookie in the It's the best city. cookie. Le Gourmand is... It's going to blow your shit cookie yeah, out of the water. It is. It's, ba- it's a place at Queen and Spadina, just south of uh, uh, Sp- Queen Street. Yeah, that's it's a little. It's a little like a bakery, lunchy place. Okay. And they sometimes have samples out, which is the best. And uh, and it'll blow your mind. It's right beside the McDonald's on Queen Street. Yeah, like just a little south, south Street. Yeah, yeah, Queen Spadina. I don't know East-West, so... Yeah. Um, so yeah. So anyway, Mike, um, we we get we leave the Ford Performance Facility, um, and it was kind of fun. There's um, a bus because there's like a team shuttle basically that's taking us right to Pearson. Kyle says, oh, just drive with me." So Kyle and I drive up. We park in the there's a private uh, park, a private um, airport just north of Pearson where we leave our cars because for American games, we have to go through customs back at Pearson. So we leave our cars because we're going to be landing at this private airport when we get back late on Wednesday night. So um, we we get on a little team shuttle from that airport, pulls up at Pearson. There's cops waiting for us basically to like let us have like uh, a straight shot right through security and customs too basically we get we do you get, even need your passport yeah no, you know you're, you're okay. still going through customs but there's just no line because the police have like escorted you kind of through everything and and dubas and i are sitting at the front of the shuttle so we get off first it's kind of funny like every time we got on a plane or a bus dubas and i like were at the front and all the players are like 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 I was the brass, like I was the like kind of the big shot, and like the players were like in the back. Kind of. Out of politeness, they wait for you two to leave first. Well, yeah, no, we're at the front of the bus. We get off first. Okay. Uh, we get we pull up right to the gate, and it's in Air Canada U.S. departure, so it's like something I'm familiar with. Uh, but the cool thing is that there's no waiting at the gate. It's literally you just walk right onto the plane. And I had a seat number, it was like F twenty two or whatever. But then they had all the seats uh, with name tags on like the headrest, basically. So I'm like. So it's like Brendan Shanahan, his mentor, and then right behind it's like Kyle Dubas and Max Kerman. It's just like very cool. And like we're in the second row of the plane. Um, plane takes off. One thing that's very interesting about private planes is there's no announcements. It's basically just there's no like going through the like, uh, you know, in an event of emergency or whatever. That shit. It literally just like just starts to go. So you just knew how to buckle your seatbelt. Yeah, I just did nice. it myself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's an hour flight to New York, but they still, again, we had just eaten a big-ass meal at the Ford Performance Center, and then they're like bringing around menus. It's like another four-course meal for literally like an hour flight. Um, Are they playing any movies in there? Uh, I mean, they had the, it was an Air Canada flight, so you had the in, in-flight entertainment. One thing I was thinking about it, though, was I, I'm a bit of a nervous flyer, uh, and so anytime turbulence starts to happen, if I'm having a conversation with somebody, usually I uh, go, excuse me, like someone in the band, I'll just kind of, I'm like, this needs to be max time, and I'll put in really happy music in my headphones and just sort of try to- An Obama speech? Yeah, Yeah. or listen to an Obama speech. I just try to imagine happy things, but I was like, I can't can't do that with Kyle. I need to seem like I'm more of a man than that. 
Um, so you kind of just pretend you're not having a mini panic. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's hard. But it was it was good though because everybody else flies so much that when because the the ride back especially was pretty bumpy, but no one they fly so much that it's like they could not care less and everyone's like carrying on in their conversations or whatever. Because uh, that really can exacerbate it if you're with people who don't fly a lot and you see like someone else kind of freaking out. Yeah, oh, you're like I'm justified here, and then you can freak out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But. Yeah, that's right. Because I'm a nervous flyer too, so I know it's like. But when everyone else d- like really doesn't give a shit about the turbulence, then you're like, it's oh, calming. It's yeah. kind of calming. It was, it, was, it was a good, good uh, lesson for me. So um, we land in uh, Newark and uh, we take the team bus. And I'm thinking to myself, man, checking in this hotel is gonna be a fucking nightmare because whenever our Kells check into a hotel and there's like eight of us, it usually takes fucking like 45 minutes. Like I fucking hate checking in hotels so much. But I was like, how are they going to check in? Because there's probably about like 125 people on this trip. Think about all the players, all the staff, and all their mentors. 100 people? I don't know. A lot of people. Um, we've pulled into this fancy hotel. It's a, a hotel that's so fancy that the reception's not on the first floor. You know fancy boutique hotels sometimes? Like the reception's on the 25th floor or something. No. Well, Never heard of that. Yeah, don't know those hotels. News, well, that's happened to me a couple of times. <laughs> hmm. And this hotel was very fancy. But we basically just, everybody walks into this like, kind of uh, reception room. And all of our keys are just laid out right on a table. So just you're everything is everything is so well organized. Go go up to my room, I walk in. As soon as I walk through the door, the blinds start coming up. No. Yeah, like it's like an. But are auto- you a little concerned at that point? Like they're <laughs> monitoring me. Like is there a camera in the room? No, it's just like it's a it's a smooth operation. Everything is Whoa. dialed in. It just senses a person. It just senses. What if you want them closed though? Well, then no. But then there's dimmers and stuff like that. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, it's a brand new hotel. The fanciest hotel I've ever stayed in by far. I stayed in the Delta. They put us up in the Delta, which is like, in my opinion, one of the nice hotels in downtown Toronto. This hotel made the Delta seem like a two-star motel. Right. That's how fucking good it was. It's like Le Gourmand yeah. versus Erica's cooking. Yeah, 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 yeah <laughs> exactly. Um, and it's fun. Like the whole time we're there, I'm just asking Kyle like a million questions about his job, and he's very f- sort of forthcoming and honest. He, like. He doesn't – and at one point I was like, Kyle, like you don't strike me as somebody who's like really angling for like to get that next job promotion. You know sometimes you can like see – feel a schemer. Kyle does not feel like a schemer. I was like, do you interview really well? Like what is it about you who, who's incredibly like focused and hardworking and smart and thirsty for more knowledge, et cetera, et cetera? But what is it about you that has gotten this job? Because you're, you're like the youngest – Exec, one of the youngest exec, executives in the league and everybody who's working for you is in some cases 10, 20, 30 years older than you. Because like you look around at the other coaching staff and other people in the organization, they're, they're much older than Kyle. Kyle's a year older than me. And he was just like, yeah, I've only had one job interview in my whole life when I had to interview for the, the Sioux Greyhounds. And you know, when Shanahan called me to get this assistant coach job, assistant GM job a few years ago, I didn't know I was being interviewed. It was more of a conversation. And then he hired me. And now I'm here. Like I was, just, it was just sort of a very like unlikely path to to running the biggest uh, team in sports. So uh, in Canadian sports, and um, so we end up going out for dinner at this very fancy New York steakhouse. Kyle's like me; he doesn't like to take the buses uh, very much. So he, if he can always walk to the venue, he'll always do that. So we walked over um, together, and um, I end up sitting. It, it was like. A bunch of tables. So I was at the table with Brendan Shanahan, uh, Kyle Dubas, and a few other people. Are you scared to be alone with Shanahan? Because uh, like, Dubas is maybe your buffer to, for conversation? 
no, I've, I've hung with Channy uh, once before. We kind of know each other a little bit. So, uh, but it was fun. It was like they're they're just telling lots of stories. It, it really truly felt like a night out with the team. And and Chan has obviously like lived in New York and has like you know they, they're all good storytellers and like clearly have spent a lot of time with each other. So there's a natural chemistry because these guys in the front office spend a lot of time with each other. They're always discussing whatever the next trade might be or who's playing well or what needs to be done with the player. Um, and uh, we dinner was great. Uh, you know. It, <laughs> They take their shit so seriously. I, I gotta say, it's like people are like dialed in all the time. And actually, Kyle, on a couple of occasions, we'd be talking and then you'd have to respond to a text. And he'd be like, oh, don't worry, I'm listening to you. I can retain the stuff. I was like, oh, really? He's like, yeah, Shannon used to get, Shannon's wife used to get really mad at me because she thought I wasn't listening to it, but I can remember everything. I was like, oh, really? Interesting. And he'd pull up um, conversations that we've had like within the last five years. That I don't, I have no recollection of. And he'd be like, "Oh, and then you said this thing," and I was like, "Jeez, how do you remember?" And he also remembered hearing, and then some, at the studio when we first met him, um, and before the song came out. And he was like, "Oh, and then you played this song." Like he, he, his memory is very good. Kyle's a one, by the way. Kyle's a one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and um, so anyway. Um, so we go back to the hotel, have a couple of drinks at the bar with the, the other mentors. Of course, Kyle goes to sleep because he needs to be sharp the next day. Does Kyle drink? Um, Kyle said, like, after uh, w- after two beers, he doesn't want to have any more. Like, like, just I think he has to be so focused. He says, anytime I've ever had more than two beers, the next day I'm not operating at full capacity, so I just don't do that anymore. Oh, but what he said was, so we're talking about him going to Brock, and this is on the, way, on the plane on the way home yesterday. And I was like, do you know... A friend of mine who went to Brock, he's your age, his, his name's Julian Foreman. He's like, oh, the name's sort of familiar. And I pull up a photo of Julian. He goes, oh, I remember that guy. He was the skaterish kind of guy. Yeah. Yeah. Like he, he was very, <laughs> I was like, oh, that's, that's totally him. I was like, yeah. And I was telling him about our relationship. And I showed, I was like, Julian's a new father. He had a baby a couple days ago. And I showed him the picture of uh, Julian holding his baby with his nipple ring. And I was like, <laughs> he still has a nipple ring. He's still doing his skatery things. And he, he got a kick out of that. But I was like, it was just impressive that he remembered all that shit. Um, but anyway, the next morning, uh, waking up to go to the morning skate and uh, get in the elevator. Who's in the elevator? Draymond Green. All the Warriors are staying at this hotel as well. Whoa. So throughout the whole course of the day, everyone's like, oh, I just had a, I just got a photo with Steve Kerr, which made me very jealous. Duba said he was in the elevator with uh, Steph Curry, uh, wow. uh, like on the way to the game. And Steph's like, hey, because he could tell he was with the Leafs. He's like, how are y'all doing this year? And then he's like, I don't know, you know, we're working at it. He's like, oh, cool. Good luck with that. <laughs> um, and uh, You were with Draymond, though? Yeah, I was in the elevator with Draymond. Did you talk to him? Well, I was in there with like wearing my Leafs jersey with like three other people that are wearing Leafs jerseys, and I was trying to think like what is my jump off point in the conversation here, and, and I had just woken up too, so I wasn't particularly sharp, uh, so I didn't really say anything. But I will say, uh, Travis uh, Dermot brought his um, uh, his grandma. Uh, grandma ruth on the trip and she was in the elevator with me at this point so draymond was very gentlemanly with like saying hello to her and making sure that he like held the door open for her and like, oh, have a good day like he was very he's very good with with, with like a, a grandmother in the elevator yeah it's very cute um but no photo no it didn't go for the photo i did i did do a little snapchat did you see that did i send it to you i don't have snapchat no or but i put it in the in the, in the watch me nanny group you put it in uh you put it in the mu- 
Yeah, it's I in the basketball group. I saw you put Draymond in big, uh, in all caps. Yeah, that was But I thought it was because he had an amazing game. Yeah, I didn't it. see the video. Watch that video, yeah. Okay. And uh, anyway, the game, we go to the garden, more food is out. Uh, they end up losing. It's, it's interesting, though, because not to belabor this long-ass story that really goes nowhere, but hopefully people find it interesting, <clears throat> is you're... You're around such incredible privilege. Um, like this whole thing is the most like seamless operation. There's so many like professional people that take their job super seriously, making sure everything runs really, really smoothly. And like you know, you're flying private. You're staying in like the nicest hotel in New York. Everything is like you. Everything is is like perfectly executed. And you're like, this is amazing. Probably the most interesting thing though that happened was. Um, Right after the game, the Leafs made a big trade. So the mentor of Moore, who had flown out from California, Moore's from California, he's on this trip and he thinks he's going back to Toronto with Moore. Uh, and we find out after the game that he's been traded. So Kyle would have just had to like tell him right after the game. This is all happening in a 25-minute window because <clears throat> by the time the game is over, we're, all, we're supposed to be on the bus within half an hour. So he has to go tell more more has to tell his buddy that i'm not going you have to go back to toronto to like get your shit at the delta because you have a flight to go back to la where you're from so it's like so that dynamic was was really interesting and just seeing like you know which players might be more affected by it um any tears no no tears but i think uh you know luckily more is actually from la and he got traded to the kings mm -hmm. so that was probably a silver lining to it all um but yeah, it was it was, and also um, the you know the backup goalie Hutchinson, who's been playing a lot more now because Freddie Anderson's out. His his mentor on the trip was really really nice guy who was Hutchinson's goalie coach. So on the bus on the way back to the uh, the the plane, I'm like, oh hey, good to meet you. What's your name? Who are you here with? And he was like, oh, I'm here with Hutchinson. Like, like you know, like, and I was, oh, how do you know? He's like, uh, I was his goalie coach. But, like, it was like his mentor, like, felt somehow, like, responsible or, or something. Or it's like, yeah. I feel bad because my guy had, because the team, cause I think a lot of Leafs fans would be upset with Hutchinson's performance, mm -hmm. like, after those games. And, uh, yeah, it's one of those things that it's like, I'm like, it's not your fault, man. It's like, he's he made it to the professional, like, the NHL. It's like, that's pretty, Maya's pretty cool, but, like, after a loss and you feel like the sort of the scrutiny from the media and from the fan base, it's like they, the, everybody is not in a good mood. You can, Including the mentors. Imagine, uh, I, I wonder if like, um, you know, uh, after you trade away these guys' friends, if people are upset at you as Kyle's mentor that Kyle just traded these guys. <laughs> um, well, I think Leafs Twitter though was actually pretty happy about it because I think they're, they're in, we got a backup goalie in part in the trade. So a lot of people were like, Max Grimm is doing a hell of a job mentoring to do this. <laughs> he got through that trade. Um, is there a Leaf on the team who's being recognized on the street where people are like getting his autograph? Or we weren't really on the street much. No? Yeah, it was literally just like hotel to bus, bus to hotel. That was kind of it. Did Matthews bring Justin Bieber as his mentor? No, Matthews brought um, a player that he played hockey with who's a couple years older, really, really right. nice guy named Zach. I, I did ask, I, I showed Kyle on the, on the plane that I was getting credit for his, his big move. Mm -hmm. I was like, mm, Leafs, Leafs Twitter's pretty happy with me right now. <laughs> I was like, do you ever check the mentions? Because just being like a little bit a part of your worlds for the last couple of days, I was like, it's kind of insane. He's like, oh no, I haven't literally looked at my mentions in 
seven years. Like, I wow. don't care about that. Like, he's probably the hottest. What do you call him? A GM? Yeah. yeah. He's probably the hottest GM in the league. How's Very, his hair? Receding? Gr- no, thinning? great, great head of hair. Wow. Amazing head. He'd kill that hair test. Uh, actually, it was funny, though. On the way back from the dinner, I was like, God, let's get a photo in front of this NYPD thing. And I put this on Instagram, but I was like, the first person who walks by I was like, hey, excuse me, um, can you just get a, t- take a photo of m- me and my friend here? And the guy was like, nope, and just keeps walking. Wow. <laughs> Next person awesome. walks by, well, hey there, um, can, you, can you just take a photo? Nope. <laughs> and the third person, I'm like, hey, um, do you mind if you just take a photo? And he's like, and, then, and he kind of is like, uh, and he kind of saw the desperation in my eye. He's like, okay, I'll, I'll do it for you. <laughs> but it was like almost three for three. And but no. you wanted the photo more than Kyle, or Kyle wanted it more? Or is it equal? Hmm. I mean, I was, I, I think I'm more of an Instagram happy kind of guy. So, but I think Kyle liked the photo, and he actually asked me, he's like, "I was to send the photo to Shannon." So, uh, so I think because you're his favorite band. Uh, I don't know if it's favorite band, but, but we're that's what I heard. Yeah. Uh, any awkward moments between you and Kyle? Like the conversation dries up, you're feeling uncomfortable. Uh, not really, actually. It was actually amazing because um, he he's a really like sort of forthcoming, honest guy. So. And I didn't know like a ton about his like family and like upbringing and stuff, and that stuff always really interests me. And um, yeah, yeah, he kind of just kind of went through his like his family members and you know what Shannon's family's like and something. That that's always really interesting to me. Um, and so yeah, no, we had, we had plenty to talk about. And he had a lot of questions to ask about like the band and recording and how certain things work and how we deal with certain issues and. Uh, yeah, so no, it actually didn't drop at all. It was awesome. I feel like much closer to Kyle now. And then I did it be the start of the trip. Does he play instruments? No. Because a bunch so. of guys on the Leafs jam. Yeah, I've, I've seen that article. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and will he come on the pod? I'm sure we can get him on the pod. The, I, I think last year during the playoff run, I asked him to come on the pod. But he was like, uh, you know, it's probably better to do it after the season. Because mm-hmm. if I come on your podcast, there's like members of the media that I have to deal with every single day and they'd be a little insulted he's already been on the pod though. Yeah, he's been before, on the pod yeah. actually one interesting thing that happened was um i got to see live in action which i think is okay to say is that um when freddie was injured uh in the second in the first game it was like in the second period or i think it happened in the first period i think they didn't know exactly what it is and i still think there's some uncertainty as to like what the how serious the injury is they, i think they're still waiting to hear back from the doctors but i'm in the i'm in kyle's little press box and kyle has to tell the media guy what to say to the media because everybody's like what's wrong with freddie what's wrong with freddie so i could hear him sort of working through so what's the language what's what's the appropriate language um to re to relate to the media about what the issue with freddie is um especially when you don't know what the totally answer so he he will kind of talk out loud he's like none of your business no i can't say that uh well he's this and then no no he no he'd say okay well uh freddie is like he'll be analyzed after the game it's an upper body issue like we're figuring out what like just exactly what to say without misleading somebody Uh, especially and they they were unsure about what it was at the time too but he practices aloud no he's on the phone oh he's on the phone with with the media guy yeah, oh. no, 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 no. Can you imagine if he's just walking around the <laughs> yeah, room? Yeah, I like just, that. Just talking to himself. Uh, oh, and I got to spend some time with Sheldon on the plane, too, or on the bus into New York. And How's Sheldon? Super, super fucking nice. Yeah. Who I, is yeah, Sheldon? He seems he's the coach. The new head least. coach. The new head oh. coach of the Leafs. But yeah, he's a um, really, really nice guy. He, uh, oh, but yeah, by the way, like, uh, Kyle's like, remembered my first name's Robert. He's like, Robert. So is that weird with the. You know, your first name is Robert, you go by Max. Because we did that to Leo. Like, his son is Leo, but his first name is Walter. And he's like, Sheldon's first name is Robert, too. 
And so, I, so, so, and Sheldon's also, he writes with his left, eats with his left, but plays sports with his right. I was like, that's me. He's like, I've never met anybody else who has that combination. But Mike Veerman, you have that combination too, right? Mike's- no, Mike writes left. Yeah, but I, I play sports right. Yeah. So me, you. Yeah. So I eat left, I write left, and I shoot basketball right. I hit right. I like hockey right. All yeah. Same stuff. thing Ooh. with Sheldon. Hey, is your middle name Robert? Jonas, isn't it? Johannes? It is, yeah. But but also Robert, right? It's uh, Robert Johannes. Oh, so we're same both thing. Right. Yeah, it's yeah. both my grandfather's names. Yeah, so there you go. So you, Sheldon, and I all share that in common. Our sneaky Robert, and, uh, <laughs> and we have this weird ambidextrous thing going on. But re- really, really nice guy. Um, very sort of uh, kind of humble and low key, but clearly takes his shit very seriously. And to be ambidextrous, you have to be equal at both things with all things. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah. The definition. Okay. Well, whatever that's called. Um, any other questions? I feel like uh, when will Nick Nurse be on the podcast? Mm, good question. We could probably make that happen soon. I don't know. That'd be very cool. That yeah. would be cool. And Mike, we have to hear about this trip. How drunk are you guys getting? Oh man. Okay. Um. Yeah. No. The trip has been uh, awesome. We have absolutely. We the dads have found some time uh, to enjoy, enjoy some drinks. Shane, you mentioned that we we FaceTimed you or whatever. And that was also the night I think I won casino money. Mm. But uh, <laughs> we got here on a on a Sunday. Uh, which was the Super Bowl. So we watched the Super Bowl here like mm. at the resort. And they did this whole thing where they had like San Francisco banner up, a Kansas City Chiefs banner up. Uh, they had like staff walking around in like Mahomes jerseys and like cheerleader outfits. It was pretty wild. Where where in Mexico are you again? We're in like Cancun, like a part of Cancun, like Mayan Cancun or something. I, I don't know. I just got on a plane and showed up, man. <laughs> but um, – the uh, the yeah, it was an amazing like uh, it's funny because it's like we start on the Sunday uh, and uh, it's a Super Bowl, so we're kind of like getting the lay of the land of the resort. And so it was me, our friend Mike, our jug, and then our friend Sean, and then our friend Felix is coming the next night. And we've talked about Felix a bit on this podcast. He's a German. Uh, he loves to party. Uh, he's got like two kids, but he somehow manages to party just as much as a guy without kids. Uh, so we were like, he's also a great dad. Great dad. Oh. Great dad, great dad. Uh, so uh, because when the wife and the kids go to sleep on the Sunday, they're like, oh, it was like a long travel day. Our landing was like crazy where like our plane actually like on like uh, as we were descending, our plane like actually like dipped, like it shifted, like the whole left wing went down and then tried to correct itself. So then the right wing went down and then we came in like so hot that we bounced on the, the runway. So it was like this crazy landing. And I know that Max, you have anxiety with flying. Yeah, I hate this. Is that fun for you or very scary? No, it was scary. I was like, I was definitely concerned. Danica was holding Winona. And then when the plane did that, we were still, we were pretty close to the ground. So I, I thought we might have to like go back up and then reapproach the landing. But I guess dude was like, the pilot was like, I'm going to try it. But so as we came in really hot and then like, you know, you brace and with, when a baby's that young, they just said, hold the baby. Like, it's not like the baby has their own seat or like a seatbelt or anything. So I'm just like, oh shit. I'm like, like, like I just didn't know how fast we were going to come in. So we bounced. Everyone on the plane like is very terrified. And then it kind of like hits the ground, bounces a couple more times. And then they immediately hit like that, the brake so that like the wind, whatever tension is like slows the plane down, but you can't really see anything. So you're like, I hope there's enough runway. And you're just, I just held Danica and the baby and was like, yeah, like I don't know. Like I, I wasn't 
I wasn't like, oh my God, this is going to be our lives. But I was like, this doesn't feel normal. Like I've been on a bunch of planes and this is this. I've never landed like this before. But anyway, back to the Super Bowl. Uh, everybody, everybody survived. It was all good. But um, because it was the first night at the resort and you know, guys, like I'm here with like a bunch of champagne boys and, and our wives and kids. And uh, when it's the first night after like our wives and kids went to bed, you kind of like, you got that first night energy. So you're like, oh, fuck it. And then we're just like, you know, like Sean Dawson was ordering tequilas. And then so that became like, you know, once that starts happening, it becomes a night. But we're like, oh man, we're going to blow it because Felix comes in tomorrow night and we're, we put all our eggs in the Sunday night basket because of the Super Bowl. Uh, and then of course, like Felix gets into town and we're like, hey, Felix is here. So then we kind of go for it with Felix. Uh, anyway, uh, the long story long is that it's been a fun balance of like, dadding out and like sort of like doing your thing during the day with the kids and and and, and your family and sort of like being a good partner splitting time with your wife uh but then also like you know once they go down it's like are we meeting at the sports bar at eight o'clock you know stuff like that and then you just kind of drink until <laughs> whatever time it, no matter how late you stay drinking you're still up at 7 a.m with the kids but it's been it's been super 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 fun and last night actually all the ladies went out like i stayed in last night i don't know if you guys watched that raptors game last night but that was amazing 12 in a row um but we all did the thing where we took the kids to dinner, all the dads, and then put them down. And like I was, we were like, oh, like the wives, they'll like, they'll go out. Like we'll see them at like nine thirty. They'll probably shut it down. Like Danica didn't even get back to like after one a.m. And like I saw all these videos of them dancing at the disco. I was like, man, they went for it. So good for them. Do you think they felt pressure to make use of that time to live it up as much as you guys are, or they actually wanted to? Uh, I think it's one of those things where it starts out like where it's like, oh, you know, those guys think they can party. We'll show them that we can still party. Mm -hmm. But then I think once they got into it, I don't think you do anything until 1 a.m. unless you're having an awesome time. So you know what I mean? Yep. But yeah, that's been it. Are the men drinking more than the women or is it equal? Oh, I think you know the answer to that, Shane. You are yeah. a champagne Well, I just like asking the obvious question sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's, well, it is funny because it's like um, everybody like kind of like does things, you know, like Sean, Felix, myself, and Jug, we all like, we have different speeds and different paces. And like, when we know, like, it's like, oh, I'm, let's go to the swamp bar and get kind of drunk during the day. It's like, I'd be less likely to do that. Cause I'm like, ah, I'm still on dad duty. But then once Winona's down, then I'm more like, okay, like let's, let's get nutty. This will be fun. Um, but then some of the other guys can totally like drink steadily throughout the day and still be a good dad and all that stuff. So everybody kind of moves at a different pace, but on the Wednesday, we all got a little bit tasted, which was very, very fun. We had like a, a fancy dinner at some like steakhouse here on the resorts. And like I was I was definitely pretty drunk during dinner, but good times. Hey, Mike, are there any cliques uh, with the babies? Oh, I. These are like a cool, like the cool kids and the nerds and like the kind of the, the goths. And the, you know, like. <laughs> nah, well, because I, I would say so, so, so Mike, so Winona and Sebastian, that's Sean and Chelsea's kid. They're like the same age. So they kind of like are at their own like like level of development. They kind of like do their own thing, but then they'll kind of acknowledge each other. And then uh, Jug's kid and Felix's oldest kid, they're like closer in age and they've spent time together. So those two are like pals. And then our kids are like just a little too young to really fully interact with those kids. So mm. the kids are all kind of like their own little islands and then they'll, they'll interact at times. But uh, it's good, man. I Like Max, you love kids. You got to come on the, the trip next year with everybody. Yeah, sounds awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and Shaney, Shane, Shane, Alex is pregnant right now. So there's always a concern traveling down south because of Zika or whatever. But we're missing you guys. I know. I'm really jealous because it's very helpful when you have a bunch of people with kids because then you have other babysitters around and then you can kind of party on your own. 
<laughs> you, you, you're also all on the exact same schedule. And if somebody needs to be like, oh yeah, we're, we're out. Like we got to bail because we got to whatever, do whatever the kid, like everyone just understands. It's like, I don't know, I, I, it works. So hopefully it keeps growing every year as, as we, uh, we do a winter vacation with all of our friends. But yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's been a fun time. That's awesome. Um, uh, but Shane, uh, I, we, in our agenda, like I said off the top, we've all been sort of traveling around. Uh, Max in New York, me here in Mexico, and then you went down to Detroit. How was that? No, it was fine. Like, nothing really. I just drove to Detroit and saw Raptors game. But Bong Mansion was very cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what do you want? Do you want to talk about this personality test thing? Or, uh... We can if it, uh, I can kind of read overviews of you yeah, all. Yeah, I'm, and... I'm really interested. I love being analyzed in this way, too. Yeah. yeah. I think every. I'm, uh, I'm not going to lie, guys. Uh, while, uh, while Max was uh, prattling on about New York, I was reading up about a nine. <laughs> yeah, w- yeah, what you'd really want to do, though, there's a, a YouTube video in the professor. If you just type in anagram in your type, you'll see like a guy. He kind of looks like Richard Attenborough. That's the guy from Jurassic Park, right? Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, th- that guy, and he. He really goes in depth, and it's really fun to have listen about yourself. Uh, okay, but uh, nines, uh, we'll start with you and what I believe you to be, Mike. It's a, this is actually to a pod fan analyzed us, and she deduced that you were a nine, and I tend to agree with her. Oh, yeah, I, I saw that message, and I was like, what the fuck are they talking about right now? I yeah. like, like Man, Mike's a nine, Mike's a two. I was like, what? Well, she didn't know what I was. She's like, oh, I can't pinpoint it. So I immediately did the test to see mm. if it was accurate, and sure enough, I thought it was. Okay, so nines are accepting, trusting, and stable. They're usually creative, optimistic, and supportive, but can also be too willing to go along with others to keep the peace. They want everything to go smoothly and be without conflict, but they also tend to be complacent, simplifying problems and minimizing anything upsetting. They typically have problems with inertia and stubbornness. At their best, indomitable and all-embracing, they are able to bring people together and heal conflicts. Uh, basic fear of loss and separation, basic desire to have inner st- stability and peace of mind. Uh, key motivations want to create harmony in their environment to avoid conflicts and tension to preserve things as they are to resist whatever would upset or disturb them Uh, and then they give some examples of people Matthew Broderick is one Whoopi Goldberg Woody Harrelson and Gina Davis hey hey (laughs) everyone always compares Mike to Gina so I thought he'd enjoy that I've got the list of names right here and you left out Abraham Lincoln John F. Kennedy there's like five presidents on here and you went with Whoopi Goldberg and Matthew fucking Broderick I'm trying to get some laughs here uh, Mike this episode's been a little short on laughs okay we have called personality type 9 the peacemaker because no type is more devoted to the quest for internal and external peace for themselves and others. They are typically spiritual oh, seekers. What? what number is this? Number nine. Oh, so we're still on nine. Okay. Yeah, we'll get to you, Max. No, so, no, no. And we j- can edit out all the stuff. That no, 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 I like this. <laughs> no, no, I, no, I, okay, I keep going. But I found it really interesting because uh, when the guy who actually goes into the type nine, much better than this little write-up, but he talks about how type nines always seem interested in if you're at a party, he's going to be talking to everyone and people are really going to be gravitated towards that person. Mm. And even if the type nine is not interested in what that person's saying, you will think they are. Mm. Oh, that's so, so Mike. Well, no, I've seen Mike. Yeah, like I've seen people talking to Mike yeah. and I'm like, I know Mike. So I'm like, ah, he, he probably thinks this person's a total bullshit artist or doesn't like them. Yeah. But he can still engage and make the person feel mm-hmm. like. I'm really interested in what you're saying and they have the ability to shut their mind off and actually think about other things while still engaging with the person. Mm. Yeah, that's why Mike's so good at interviewing, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because he always makes you feel like you're being listened to. And 
And there's always it's like, very, yeah. you could be a nine and have like a little bit of offshoot with like eight qualities or seven qualities. But mm-hmm. the main component of Mike, I think, would be a nine. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you could like, there's all there's always bad qualities to all these numbers because this one yeah. seems pretty heavenly. But mm-hmm. I think by and large, Mike would be a nine. Would you guys agree with that or? Yes. Yeah. I think I'm a nine though, too. You have nine qualities but there are mm-hmm. good qualities in two which it seems like you want to uh get to number two <laughs> just might take me a second okay let's get to interesting i was actually waiting for the part where you guys asked if i felt uh, that i was a nine you feel and like i was like i can't wait for my punchline well i was going to say that i wasn't listening and then i didn't have the opening and you know when you call in the timing never works <laughs> It's true. That is a funny joke, and I and I always talk to you about how I have a joke queued up, and you never ask me when I when I want you to. Like you'll never like be like Shane. What do you think? And I'm like Mike. I had the perfect joke, but you never asked yeah. me. So anyway, okay. And this is originally I thought you were a five, but mm-hmm. Dan has convinced me you're two. Mm-hmm. And this one's called the helper. Mm-hmm. Okay. So twos are empathetic, sincere, and warm-hearted. They are friendly, generous, and self-sacrificing, but can also be sentimental, flattering, and people-pleasing. They are well-meaning and driven uh, to be close to others, but can slip into doing doing things for others in order to be needed. They typically have problems with possessiveness and with acknowledging their own needs. At their best, unselfish and altruistic, they have unconditional love for others. Basic fear of being unwanted, unworthy, or unloved. Basic desire to feel loved. Okay, key motivations want to be loved, to express their feelings to others, to be needed and appreciated, to get others to respond to them, to vindicate their claims about themselves. Uh, some examples Kenny G, Paul Abdul, Priscilla Press. <laughs> <laughs> we have named personality type 2 the helper because people of this type are either the most genuinely helpful to other people, or when they are less healthy, they are the most highly invested in seeing themselves as helpful. being generous and going yeah (laughs) yeah there are negative things to each thing being generous and going out of their way for others makes twos feels uh their most richest Mm. uh most meaningful way to live the love and concern they feel and genuine way they do warms their hearts and makes them feel worthwhile twos Mm. are most interested in what they feel to be really really good things in life love closeness sharing family and friendship Okay, twos are healthy and in balance. They really are loving, helpful, generous, and considerate. People are drawn to them like bees to honey. Mm-hmm. Healthy twos warm to others in in the glow of their hearts. They enliven others with their appreciation and attention, helping people to see positive qualities in themselves that they had not previously recognized. In short, healthy twos are the embodiment of the good parent and everyone wishes that everyone wishes they had. Someone who sees them as they are, understands them with immense compassion, helps and encourages them with infinite patience, and is always willing to lend a hand. Uh, Okay, so here's kind of a bad part. However, two's inner development may be limited by their shadow side, pride, self-deception, the tendency to become over-involved in the lives of others. Like, you know, you kind of do that. You'll try to get everyone a job and everything. Mm. Good-hearted and and all that. But... and the tendency to manipulate others to get their own emotional needs met. Mm. Transformation. Dan's wor- reading into our relationship. <laughs> our friendship <with> <laughs> uh, perhaps the biggest obstacle facing twos uh, inner work is to have their underlying center fear of worthiness beneath the surface. All type all type twos fear that they are without value in themselves, and so they must uh, be or do something extraordinary in order to win the love and acceptance from others. Interesting. 
in the unhealthy version of level twos, twos present a false image of being completely generous and unselfish and of not wanting any kind of payoff for themselves, when in actuality, <laughs> they can have enormous expectations and unacknowledged emotional needs. Wow. Do you feel that's accurate? Um, like sometimes you're like, oh, I'm just helping this person. Oh, I don't want anything. But you're like, come on. No, no, no. I think there's some truth to that. I think um, I'm getting too much credit for being helpful and because I think I'm kind of helpful, but I don't know if I'm But you're that. really good, I find. If someone's like a bag of shit, you'll be like, you know what's good about that bag of shit? I'm like, what? Like, They're really, and you can pinpoint the one good thing about that bag of shit. And you'll be like, I'm going to get that bag of shit a job. And then all of a sudden you're on some mission to hire. Like, and then here so, I am. Yeah. No. And I no, not a bag of shit. No, you're a three. Uh Erica, and I'll get into also. I don't. Th- right am I that thirsty for validation, though? I, I think there's a lot of truth well, in that thing. thing. That was the one part where I'm like, I think I'm like, I like validation for sure, and I think I am a bit of a schemer in the way it's being described. Well, I think but your I- validation comes from not wanting to be overly validated, mm-hmm. and you get a sense of validation from that, like mm-hmm. being altruistic, trying to help others, sure. and that's what gives you your validation. Mm-hmm. And you want to be loved, like you're on stage, like begging for love, like singing your heart out. <laughs> You'll tell other people to love each other, so in turn they will begging love you. To be loved. Right? Uh, that, is, that is a move I use, yeah, yeah, for sure. So like everyone, look to your neighbor to your left, <laughs> love that person, like you know. And in doing that, they're like, I love Max because he's so loving. So that's kind of your game, right? Mm. And you'll act like you don't want anything, and you might truly not want anything, but then if someone doesn't give you anything, you'll be like, hey, fuck off. I give you everything. <laughs> you know what I mean? You'll be like, you know who's kind of I unappreciative? Like the, the, yeah. A lot of the premise of number two is, is like I'm a manipulative guy. No, I, I think <clears throat> that's the least, like that's the biggest takeaway you're getting because that's really the only negative thing. Mm. But everyone's kind of manipulative. You're just manipulative in that way. Mm. But everyone has their own little bag of tricks, okay. right? Interesting. Mm. Okay, Erica. So, threes are self-assured, attractive, and charming. Ambitious, competent, and energetic. They can also be status conscious Mm. and highly driven for advancement. They are diplomatic and poised, but can Mm. also be overly concerned with their image and what others Mm. think of them. Yeah. They typically typically have problems with workaholism and competitiveness. At their best, self-accepting, authentic, everything they seem to be, role models who inspire others. Basic fear of being worthless. Mm. Basic desire to feel valuable and worthwhile. Okay, key motivation. Did you come to this conclusion or did Dan Hamilton? No, this is actually a pod fan. So I researched oh, it. Oh, okay, okay. And then I thought, yeah, that sounds like Erica. Hold on, so the pod fan diagnosed Erica? Yes. Wow, cool. Interesting. So the pod fan also diagnosed you as a five. I looked up five. I thought five. Then Dan said, no, Max is a two. Okay. And then I agreed with that. And there are offshoots, but I'm just doing the main center of what you are. Because Dan actually got into it. He's like, he's a two with a wing three and all that shit. But I'm just trying to keep it as simple as possible. Uh, So people like you are Justin Bieber, who you mentioned earlier. John Bon Jovi and Lady Gaga. Oh, my God. Great company. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, JBJ. (laughs) Okay, we have named this personality type three the achiever because when they're healthy, threes really can and do achieve great things in the world. They are the stars of human nature, and people often look up to them because of their graciousness and personal accomplishments. Healthy threes know how good it feels to develop themselves and contribute their abilities to the world and also enjoy motivating others to greater personal achievements. Uh, than others thought they were capable of, which is kind of like uh, some similar to Max. So Dan thinks you 
have a three offshoot too. Uh, They're usually well regarded and popular among their peers. Uh, the type of person who is frequently voted class president or homecoming queen because people feel they want to be associated with this kind of person who acts as a stand-in for them. Were you homecoming queen? I was not, but I was voted best personality in grade 12. You were? Hey, That's good. That's good. Really what good. a compliment, mm-hmm. eh? Yeah, great compliment. Okay, threes want to make sure their lives are a success. You'd agree with that, right? I would, yeah. Yeah, worried about that. However, <laughs> that is, however, that is defined by their family, their culture, and their social sphere. In some families, success means having a lot of money, a grand house, a new expensive car, and other status symbols. Others value ideas, and success to them means distinguishing oneself in academic or scientific worlds. Success in other circles might mean becoming a famous actor or model writer. Well, this is kind of bullshit. What's this going on about? Um... <laughs> Uh, I'm trying to find the negative part. Threes can become so alienated from themselves that they no longer know what they truly want or what their real feelings or interests are. In this state, they are easy prey to self-deception, deceit, and falseness of kinds. Thus, the deeper problem is that their search for a way to be of value increasingly takes them further away from their own essential self and its core of real value. Would you agree with that? Interesting. Yes, to a degree. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so that yeah. is that's pretty accurate. I think basic elements of three. And are you guys curious about me? Of course, yeah, yeah, uh, that, yeah. that's what I'm most curious about. Okay, well, so after th- myself. Maybe. So this woman couldn't uh, define me, the the pod fan. Uh, so I actually took the test, mm. and then so the test defined me as a four. Uh, okay. This isn't me. So this isn't a self diagnosis. This is actually based this on. is what the test said based cool. on. It's you're a very quick. You're test. a four. Four, and then I researched it, and I was like, holy shit, I am a four. And four <laughs> is kind of an embarrassing one to be. Because four is kind of the lamest one. And a four, by the way, is the type to say something like that also. Oh, yeah. Okay. Fours are self-aware, sensitive, and reserved. They are emotionally honest, creative, and personal, but can also be moody and self-conscious. Withholding themselves from others due to feeling vulnerable and defective, they can also feel disdainful and exempt from ordinary ways of living. They typically have problems with melancholy, self-indulgence, and self-pity. At their best, inspired and highly creative, they're able to renew themselves and transform their experiences. Basic fear, they have no identity or personal significance. Basic desire to find themselves uh, to find themselves and their significance, to create an identity. Okay. We have named this type the individualist because fours maintain their identity by seeing themselves as fundamentally different from others. Mm. Fours feel that they are unlike other human beings and consequently, consequently that no one can understand them or love them adequately. Mm. They often see themselves as uniquely talented, possessing special, one-of-a-kind gifts, yep. but also as uniquely disadvantaged or flawed. More than any other type, fours are acutely aware of and focused on their personal differences and deficiencies. Healthy fours are honest with themselves. They own all their feelings and can can look at their motives, contradictions, and emotional conflicts without denying or whitewashing them. This is very accurate, Mm -hmm. I think. Yeah, it's so accurate. They may not necessarily like what they discover, but they do not try to rationalize their states, nor do they try to hide them from themselves or others. They're not afraid to see themselves warts and all. Healthy fours are willing to reveal highly personal and potentially shameful things about themselves because they're determined to understand the truth of their experience so that they can discover who they are and come to terms with their emotional history. This ability also enables fours to endure suffering with a quiet strength. Their familiarity with their own darker nature makes it easy for them to process painful experiences that might overwhelm other types. Nevertheless, fours often report that they feel they are missing something in themselves. Although they may have difficulty identifying exactly what something is. Is it willpower, social ease, self-confidence, emotional tranquility? All of which they see in others seemingly in abundance. 
Given time and sufficient perspective, fours generally, generally recognize that they are unsure about all aspects of their self-image. Wow. Wow, that's yeah. really So I thought that was pretty good. And when I got into the professor explaining it for like mm -hmm. 20 to 30 minutes, it's funny because it feels like he's really roasting you. So I was just laughing the entire time. Wow. Because you realize how lame you are as a four. <laughs> like four is the lamest. Like you, you want to be in a, a bad situation so you can be unique mm. and tell your story of your crazy situation mm. because your lore is so important. Yeah. So I notice when something really shit happens to me, I'm like, oh, this is good. This <laughs> this makes me seem so unique. Or yeah. So I'm trying so hard to be unique, and I value that so much. And I'm always trying to figure out my special talent or what is unique. And you've always me. been very brutally honest about stuff. Yes. Like about your experiences and things you've done. Exactly. Yeah, where other people would make, I'm right. not talking about that. Yeah, mm -hmm. revealing personal things no. to sort of. Yeah. Well, and it Think talks about too, like if you're sitting at a table, a four will sit on the outside of the table, just so they can show that they're different or they're mm. outside. And I find I do that. Like if a bunch of people are sitting around, I'll kind of be on the outskirts and just be distant to be like, oh, I'm I'm the distant guy. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And I value that. So it is a really embarrassing one. And uh, anyway, sevens, fours get along with sevens a lot. Mm. Uh, and my wife's a seven. So. Oh, so what, what does a three get along? Or what am I? Two? What does a two get along? I didn't look up what that. Sure. I was very curious to look up people that uh, are together. around a lot. And I wanted to try to figure out my wife because I've been having problems trying to motivate her to kind of do this project. Hmm. And sevens are the hardest to motivate hmm. because they're always so happy and optimistic and looking toward the future hmm. that they cannot focus on the present. And hmm. they hate doing anything that's not fun. Hmm. <laughs> and that's my wife to a T. Hmm. So I really understood my wife a lot better through doing this. So I think it's a fun test to do and kind of learn not only about yourself, but your friends and your partner. Mm -hmm. uh, on like the Wikipedia page for anagrams, 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 E. Yeah. Is there like a criticisms, uh, you know, chapter in the Wikipedia page where it's like the problem with anagram test is that it's no, controversial. There, there's a problem with the Myers Briggs one. A lot of people don't seem that to be accurate. And I took that one, sorry for spitting, uh, but that one seems to not describe me at all. Mm. The anagrams one seemed to nail it down so well mm. that I truly believe it works. Wow. But maybe it only works for me. But it seemed to apply to others. And yeah, yeah, you know. that seemed pretty accurate. I'd say. Yeah. Uh, what What was just quickly the five? The why you thought it was a five? Five was similar to two, except you're a little bit more quieter and you're more of a person to be on like a, a like listening at, at a party like people are still drawn to you but you're not necessarily like a nine creating the conversation mm. you're more observant and a part of the group and everyone's including you but you're not the person talking the sure, entire time sure, you're sure. more of a listener and you can understand you empathy a lot yeah interesting but i think you're a mix of two and five cool cool wow this is good yeah i like that a lot yeah. <laughs> <laughs>